Brought to you by the Nerdpool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. Yes, it's me. It's a J-M-I-E, your 792nd favorite podcast host. And as always, your Sherpa down the road of nerdiness. And today, we're going to be... I'm going to be talking about the uh, releases that have recently happened. Not just within WWE, but also within Ring of Honor. First off, jumping into what WWE has done. Recently, they uh, had their financial reports... Every quarter they release financial reports, what they've done, what they've made, and are open to questions from um, the press and others about said thing. WWE recorded $250 plus million in profit in the last quarter. So in the last quarter, that is the last three months of their business practice, they have made $250 million. Now, this is being helped with the return to, um, of fans coming into, you know, coming back to shows, doing house shows, uh, so that's merchandise sales, that's the show they just did in Saudi Arabia, and this is subsequential payments from Fox and other things going forth, I believe, but $250 million. They said they exceeded what they thought was going to happen, and this isn't may not be a record profit, but it's close to it. This is up from what even they were expecting to have at this point. So then two hours later, after saying that they made this much and they were touting how you know how great their business plan has done, they released eighteen performers. Eighteen from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. They they've rele- released a lot of them. Um, with a, the 18, that brings the total this year to 50 plus that they have released, whether, you know, the person asked for it or not, or whatever, that's, that's 50 athletes, uh, male and female that they have released. Some of the names that go around, um, were Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik, which they asked for their releases. These aren't really that big of a surprise. Um, Eva Marie was released, which is strange because they had just brought her back. She hasn't been there a year. They touted her big. They've been putting her big. You know, they put her in there with Dewdrop, who was um, Piper Nivens. Like, they seemed like they were kind of high on her, even though she still could not work that well. She looked great, and I think that's what they were kind of going for. You know, she was a beautiful woman. I think Vince kind of liked her because of that, and... She had a personality to make people not like her, but her in-ring ability just wasn't there. So, surprising, but not surprising. Um, They released Harry Smith Jr., the son of the British Bulldog, who has been under contract for three or four months, maybe, with them. Maybe. He's had, I think think he appeared on SmackDown one time, didn't wrestle. He's done a few dark matches. They brought him in. They signed him. They were, you know, I don't know what the deal was, but now he's released. So while surprising, not surprising there. They released Nia Jax. Um, this one was kind of shocking. Nia Jax has been kind of a big part of their women's division for the past few years. And I know a lot of people don't like Nia. They think she's unsafe in the ring. And um, people have bashed her repeatedly for, you know, botches or messing things up. Um, I'm just going to come out and say this. She may not be the best worker. And yes, her family name being related to The Rock and Alpha and Sika and Roman and all this did kind of probably help her facilitate getting the job originally. She's come leaps and bounds from what she was. Is she perfect? No, but they shot her into uh, the main roster in the stratosphere way too soon. She was green. She hadn't been in the business that long. 
they just because of her family, because of her size, they're like, we're going to put her, we're going to shoot her up there. So she wasn't ready for what she was had. She was not ready for the the big uh, the big scene. She should have been in NXT a lot longer to learn a little bit more. But they put her up there, and she's done well. She played her part well. Um, I'm going to say a lot of the hate that she gets, honestly and unfortunately, isn't because people think they botch her. It's because of her size. She's a uh, over six foot tall, and she is a a bigger woman. And uh, for some reason, a lot of wrestling fans don't want their women to be quote unquote fat. I did not say that. I'm not saying she is. But there's people out there that want to uh, bash her for that, and they hate her because of that, and they wanted her fired. I don't understand it. Nia herself said that she took a mental health break, and she thinks that it might be due to the vaccine status. I'm not getting political on this. That was her words. I'm not going into the political of, of people being vaxxed or unvaxxed. That ain't what this is about. I don't. Whatever your opinion is on the subject, you have your opinion. That's fine. I'm not getting my opinion. We're not getting into that. But she was released. But with her being a big part of the women's division, it's kind of shocking that that happened. Um, they released Scarlett Boudreaux which is the uh, fiancé of Karrion Cross, And um, in NXT, she was a big part of his his entrance, a big part of his character. Um, when they moved Karrion Cross up to Raw, for some reason they didn't bring her with him. And when she got released, while shocking, not shocking, she never wrestled in NXT. She was always just a valet. However, she had something that Vince loved. She was a very attractive blonde woman. Vince loves hot blondes. He just does. Put it out there. Her, her getting let go was strange. And then when they let her go, I was like, Carrion's going to happen. They're going to release Carrion. I, I just knew that was coming. And I'll be damned if they didn't release Carrion Cross. Now, Carrion Cross looks like what Vince McMahon wants. He's big. He's buff. He's built. He looks like what Vince McMahon's idea of a pro wrestler looks like. And NXT, he was a badass, undefeated killer. He was just running through people. He had an entrance that was amazing. Him and Scarlett's entrance... The black and white, the uh, hourglass, the music, her singing the song as she came. It was just fantastic. It, it got them over. It got them over with the fans there. On TV, it looked great. And we're thinking, and everybody thought that when Karrion Cross and her make to the main roster, they're going to be the next big thing. Because of that, you have this beautiful woman. You have this big, big-ass monster killer. You have a badass entrance. You have a badass theme song. Like, they're going to be money. There's, there's no way they can screw this up. Then they call up Karrion Cross. They put him in a gladiator helmet and make him act like a Spartan. We don't know why it's going on. They get rid of Scarlet. And then they act like we don't know why he can't get over. It's like, in their mind, they're like, we don't know why he's not getting over. Because you took everything that was cool from Karrion Cross and you literally just destroyed it. You literally said, fuck that. We're not using any of that. Now, I know what NXT was, and I know Vince was like, NXT was a, a brand that's supposed to get you ready for the main roster. He was made for the main roster. Him and Scarlett were made for the main roster. That's the reason the run in NXT was short. Why? Because they were ready. That entrance, the, the his ability in the ring, their ability to cut a promo, the, the look was there, the presentation was there, the stake and the sizzle. And then you have him come up as an undefeated NXT champion without Scarlett, without the entrance, and have him lose his first match, and you wonder why he didn't get over. The creative team in WWE is is ridiculous. 90% of them don't know anything about wrestling. They don't care about wrestling. They're TV writers. I get that, but you have to be able to know the characters. They should be have to watch they should be forced and told they need to watch NXT so they know these characters when they come up so they can write for them. But that's not even the most shocking of the releases. They released Mia Yim. Mia Yim is one of the best female workers on the planet. She's a 
fantastic wrestler. She is has a great look to her. She could be money for them. They brought her up from NXT, put her in retribution, covered her face for some reason, gave her a stupid name, and it never worked. And they said, and this is another one. They did that, and there's another one where they're like, we don't understand why this doesn't work. Because nobody cares about this stupid group. Let her be Mia Yim. Let her be herself. Let her be the HBIC. Let her do what she did in NXT, and it'll get over. No, we're not going to do that. Then they released Mia. When they released Mia, I was like, there's no way they're going to release Keith. Keith Lee is Mia Yim's fiance. I was like, there's no way they're going to release Keith Lee, too, right? They just changed his name to Bearcat Lee. The name was kind of dumb, I get, originally, but it works. It's fine. They're going to make him a heel. They're going to give him this name, make him a badass cool. And then they release Keith Lee. And then now they want to cite Keith Lee as having attitude issues. Keith Lee battled COVID earlier this year, and it took him out. When he brought came up from NXT, he was the first NXT and North American dual champion in NXT history. He comes up, his first match, he beats Randy Orton clean. It seems like they have strapped a rocket to Keith Lee, and Keith Lee's going to be your next big star. He looks great. He can move like a cruiserweight at 300-plus pounds and 6'6", and he has an intelligence to him. His promos aren't a big-guy promo, and to me, it was scarier for that. Instead of, you know, normal big guys his size, they want him to growl, they want him to scream and get mad. To me, he was the Jake the Snake type where he looked like that, and he talked slow. He talked with this seriousness he talked with a a a voice like this it was it was it was to the point and it was methodical it worked for his character and it could have worked but he got covid they he didn't know if he was going to make it didn't tell anybody it was covid at first but didn't know he was going to make it came back they start changing his changing everything about him and then apparently he's like this doesn't work i want to you know He's telling people, you know, I don't like this idea. I want to try this. You know, he's trying to help develop his character and his career to get him over and help the WWE. And somehow this becomes an attitude issue is what they said. Basically, in WWE, the way their creative team works, from what everybody's saying and what you're reading, is if you give me a script or an idea, say, we're doing this for you. And I read it. I say, this, is, this isn't going to work. I don't like this. Let's, work, let's rework this. You've got an attitude issue. If you don't like specifically what they do for you, you've got an attitude issue and you shouldn't, you know, be there and they're not going to write for you. This is the problem. You're not letting characters be themselves. You're not letting the characters talk the way they talk. Everybody in WWE, and it's been the issue for a while, babyface, heel, whatever, they all talk with the same language. They all talk with the same vocabulary. They all talk with the same cadence. They all talk with the same sentence structure. None of them have their own identity everybody is cut paste copy that's what they do and it's a problem and you see it with WWE the only ones that are giving any creative freedom are people like Roman Reigns and you see how well that works go back to Wrestlemania when they had the the rain delay and you're having to have these people do uh, interviews and promos off the cuff it was amazing because you got to see them be them you can't do that by making everybody sound the same and look the same. Carbon, carbon cut, copy, paste is not going to work here when you're trying to build superstars. So they released Keith Lee and Mia Yim, which, again, you have missed opportunities for everything that's going on. Your women's division in WWE, while they have a strong women's division and they have great talent, it's also getting polluted with the fact that they've seen all these matches a million times. Carmella, Asuka, Charlotte, Becky... Uh, Bailey, Sasha. It seems like if you're not Bianca Belair, if you're not Sasha, if you're not Bailey, if you're not Becky, or you're not Charlotte, they really don't care. 
Like, those are the ones that they're building this around. That's all they, but you can only have these matches so many times before people are like, okay, give me something new. You're not creating new stars. The reason for all these budget for all these these cuts was they said budget budget cuts. You that would okay budget cuts would work if you didn't just tout that you had made two hundred fifty million dollars in the last three months and tout about how it exceeded your expectations on on what you were going to take on income. It, it's not right. It's dumb. Like it, it's bullshit. So we can expect this every three months when they do their quarterly reports. When they do these reports like this. What are they going to happen? We're going to see releases. With the 18s coming, they said there's possibility of 10 more coming. They said there's a possibility of, of 10 more coming. What the hell? What 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 the hell? WWE is, they, they scooped up all this talent before AEW could do it. Signed them to big contracts, and now they're just releasing people left and right and left and right. Okay? Let's not even talk about the fact that Bray Wyatt got released. Let's not talk about Malachi Black or Rusev, or who's now Miro. These people who've got released, and you see Malachi Black doing great in AEW. You see Rusev doing great as Miro in AEW. Even Andrade El Idolo is starting to pick up momentum in AEW. You see the these great talents as being used elsewhere. And when they released his talents, I was like, so great. You know, there's other times. There was MLW. There's, in, there's New Japan. Besides AEW, there's Impact. There's... Um, there's AAA, there's independent promotions are thriving right now. And then you had Ring of Honor. I was like, all these promotions have great talent that they can pick up and they can build around. And now what happens? Now not only is WWE released talent, Ring of Honor is gone. Now now we don't know exactly what Ring of Honor is doing. Um, Ring of Honor came out about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, and said that their final uh, pay-per-view of the year will be, uh, you know, the... Uh, Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view, and it's over with that. At that, at the end of the year, they're done. They're going to restructure everything, re-facilitate things, and they're going to go into um, April with a reboot. So basically, everybody under contract is getting paid by Ring of Honor till the end of the year. They're they're paying their contract if, through the end of the year in December, and then anybody with a multiple-year contract is getting paid through uh, April of next year. Before they restructure everything. Now, the rumor is that their videotape library is for sale. If the videotape library is for sale, like the rumor says, then I don't know what Ring of Honor is going to do. Because if you sell the library, there's really nothing for Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor's biggest thing is their library. Because if you look back in the days when you had CM Punk, Brian Danielson, you had the Samoa Joes, the AJ Styles, you had a lot of huge talent that's big now in WWE, big in AEW. All around the world, these huge talents that started in Ring of Honor. That's what that that video library is worth a lot right now because in some of the matches they had. Um, so when you're looking at that, if they're actually trying to sell the library, I don't know how they're going to restructure it. They, again, they said they didn't say that they're ending Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor management has said that basically they are restructuring and they're going to reboot. I don't know how they're going to reboot. I don't know how they're going to do it. I pray that they do. Because the wrestling world needs more companies. We need Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is a staple for independent wrestling. It was the big league for independent wrestling for years. AEW might have taken that now. But at one point, Ring of Honor was probably number two in the country. And that's including Impact. When it was TNA. Because Ring of Honor had this huge talent. It was taking all the great independent talent. And it was using them fantastically building their names. Especially with their partnership with uh, New Japan. They were the only independent 
company that's ever, I mean, with New Japan, sold out Madison Square Garden. They went into WWE territory and sold out WWE's arena. Madison Square Garden is WWE home. That's that's their arena, and they sold it out. And that's an amazing feat that nobody else has done in wrestling. Um, but when, when they released their entire roster, and I mean literally everybody, they said you are free to work wherever you want right now. Just contact us. Uh, you know, if you're a counter contract or you know whatever, we're still paying you, but contact us and you can go work wherever you want. So this opens up a lot of possibilities. Mainly the Briscoes. And I think the Briscoes, while they've been working Game Changer Wrestling events, you know, on the indie circuit, I think they're going to go to the to uh, AEW. I think that's tailor-made for it. Why? Because AEW has a fantastic tag division. And the Briscoes have never been signed to another company, as far as I know. Ring of Honor has been the place I've always watched the Briscoes. They've wrestled for New Japan and other indies, but Ring of Honor has been the Briscoes' home their entire career. They are one of the best tag teams of the last 15 years. Um, and the matches they could have with not only the Bucks or Lucha Bro or Pride and Powerful or whoever, they would be tailor made there. But there's other talent. There's Vincent. You got people like PCO, um, who I don't know if that's going to where he's going to go if he could fit in any of the big leagues. But as far as like New Japan or something, yes, he could fit into Brody King. Um, you have Dalton Castle. You have my favorite independent wrestler. Period. And that's Danhausen. Where does Danhausen fit in all this? We don't know. But these people are having that they've been released. So right now, with Ring of Honor releases and WWE releases just this past eighteen, we're having what fifty to sixty or more uh, f- wrestlers on the free agency list, men and women. I mean, just think. If I was AEW, yes, there's some you you want to pick up. Yes, there's some you'd want to look at. I do believe Keith Lee is going to AEW. More than likely, Karrion Cross and Scarlett will be there. Why? Because they're big names and they can draw money if given the proper, given the proper time and the proper way. The only issue is whenever they do this, everybody starts screaming, "Hey, Tony Khan, sign this person." They can't sign everybody financially. I mean, maybe they could, because you know, with all the money that Tony Khan's family has, but financially, it's not going to make sense to sign 30, 40 people. You already have, you know, a, a inflated roster, and you have to find ways for everybody to interweave and be in, you know, feuds and give people TV time and story time. It's it's can be difficult to do. Now, what AEW could do, in my opinion, if they go this route, is kind of make seasons. What I mean by that is six months. For six months, we're going to use these talents. For six months, they're going to be our main focus. What we're doing. After that six months is up, we're going to give these people a little bit of a break, cut them back. We're going to bring in these to take their spots, do it like that. That way people are getting their breaks. They're not working their bodies to death, and they're you know, you're pulling talent in and out. You're giving them rest, but you're also creating new talent and making it work. You keep some major ones, yes, I get that, but I think that could work. The one thing I think AEW needs to focus on is their women's division. There's a lot of women that have just been released who I think could do great. Um, if I was them, Mia Yim is getting signed immediately. You need that talent. Mia Yim's a fantastic worker. And if you get Keith Lee, of course, she's probably going to come with it. But that's a, she's a great talent, a great look she could get over. Ember Moon, who I didn't talk about for some reason because it slipped my mind. Ember Moon got released. Ember Moon is a fantastic talent. She could definitely be used and get over an AEW. You have these women... 
And then you have uh, the Ring of Honor women. Maria Manic is free. You had Quinn McKay. You have these women. AEW could greatly improve their women's division, which a lot of people have complained about and that they don't focus on the women. Their women's division, while it's been growing and has been getting better, they've also kind of been lacking a little bit in talent. Some of the women need to be put a little bit more through the, um, the I don't want to say the ringer, the, the trials and tribulations. They need to, they need to you know, get their in-ring skills up a bit. So you can bring in women like Mia or Ember to help bolster that. Women who, who know what they're doing and can help not only build your roster, but take the ones that are a little less advanced and help them grow in the ring as well. So between that, between AEW and NWA and Impact and all and MLW, you have a great place for all these people to go. And I think these people are going to have great careers wherever they go. Vincent in Ring of Honor was like a Charles Manson type character. Could be big if they go to you know any of these companies. I think the future looks bright for all these other wrestling promotions. Would some of them go to WWE? That's possible. Maybe WWE has interest in some of the Ring of Honor talent. But the way I look at it is... With the way WWE has been releasing talent, the way they're they're acting, and would you trust going to WWE at this point? I know that that's been the dream for a lot of professional wrestlers. That's a dream for a lot of wrestling fans, you know, since they were kids. But at this point, right now, is WWE the place you really want to put yourself into? I mean, yes, you got that whole where I can, I know I can get over. I know I can make myself the next door. That's possible. It's very possible for you to do that. But it's also the point to where if they think in a week you're not getting over the way they want, they'll they'll cut you back to nothing. You'll be chasing a 24-7 championship, and then they'll cut you. WWE doesn't put a lot of faith into their talent anymore. It's more into their writers and what their writers can get over. And I, I don't I don't personally like that. But the future can look bright, and I think it, this can help a lot of other companies get big, and I hope Ring of Honor comes back. I hope it comes back bigger and better than ever. I hope Sinclair, who owns them, puts a little money in the Ring of Honor and actually helps the production go up more, helps you know them to get bigger venues, get bigger talent, be able to push it and make Ring of Honor what it could be. All you got to do is put a little bit of your money behind it. You're a billion-dollar company. You could put a little bit of money behind it, you know, instead of just being okay with the status quo of what Ring of Honor is. Um, there's a lot of unknowns in the future about a lot of talent. There's a lot of debuts, apparently, that are going to be coming and there's a lot more on the way. Kevin Owens' uh, contract's coming up soon. Sami Zayn's contract's coming up soon. Kyle O'Reilly and um, Kyle O'Reilly's contract coming up soon. Tommaso Ciampa's contract coming up soon. So is Johnny Gargano's. There's a lot of big name talent from WWE also that contracts are coming up, and we don't know where it's going, where they're going to be. I don't think Kevin Owens resigned. I think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to be on what the other one does. They're best friends. If one doesn't sign, you're not getting the other one either. And I fully expect both of those to end up in uh, AEW if they leave WWE. Kevin Owens especially. He's good friends with the Young Bucks. Sami Zayn is. We could see the return of El Generico. I don't know how it works um, with that or if he want to go back to that. But the future is looking bright for professional wrestling. I'm sad that there's all this talent. Um, There's production people. There's, you know, um, announcers and commentaries people backstage and uh, interviewers that have lost their jobs. Hopefully, Ring of Honor gets everything together, and in April, we again, we see them come back. Hopefully, WWE gets their shit together and learns how to start using people and not just releasing people constantly. We'll have to see how all this goes. Um, you know, we don't know for sure how things are going to be, but 
professional wrestling is on the rise again, and with the influx of talent that is now coming, the independents are going to be a banger. If you're an independent wrestling fan, it's about to get crazy around the around these parts because there's going to be a lot of talent coming, and the market's going to be flooded. And it's going to be a pick 'em. You know, where do you go? What do you want to see? Who do you want to see? How do we want to book it? It's fixing to be a fun time when it comes to professional wrestling. It's already on the rise, and it's about to get even better. And I'm excited for that. But again, I hope that Ring of Honor pulls it together, and I hope all these people who've lost their contracts and lost their livelihood find a way to keep making money and doing the profession that they love because it can it sucks to lose your job it sucks when it's something that you put years of your life into and it's your dream and i really hope that they can they can find a place a home for all these people and we can just make wrestling the best that it can possibly be thank you all for listening to the rant um as always you can follow me on twitter at nerdpool pod i am on instagram at nerdpool podcast i am on uh twitch at nerdpool gaming you guys are amazing you guys and gals so for all the chimichangas and the tacos out there, for the pools and the poolettes. Until next time, that's Nerd Pool. See ya.